0: welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me today is my co-host, Court Winsick.
1: Some people have called me a thoroughbred.
0: Oh. And there's the opening bell. And they're off. Off to the races. So, we are coming at you on the Thursday before a big weekend. A huge weekend that has been around for 147 years, I think now.
1: 147. Well, there
0: was 144 consecutive years of it but this will be the 147th. Of course we're talking about the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> so some call it the run of the roses, but this is the most exciting two minutes in sports history or some call it the fastest two minutes in sports history. It's a great time. So we wanted to talk to you, of course, about gambling.
1: Yes, because horse races, there, I mean, there is the whole betting part of that.
0: Of course. I mean, that's a big part of it for sure. We also have a special guest on this episode.
1: Ooh.
2: Ooh,
0: yeah. And it's not Cam. Sorry. Cam is, of course, on this, but he's not a special guest. He's always with us. So we have Lee Guest from Marvel, Arkansas. He actually is also my cousin, but his most important job is he is actually mayor in Marvel. So, Lee, give everybody a shout.
3: Hello, everyone out there. Hopefully, you can hear me well. And Cam, I'm going to give you a shout out first. Hello, Cam. Hey, Lee. Hello, Court. <laughs> and hello, Katie.
1: Uh, just to be clear, Lee is coming into us uh, via phone. We've got a new setup where we can get uh, guests in by phone now. So he's our first. He's our first guest. That is uh, coming in by phone, um, and you may have heard it, uh, Katie said in in her introduction. His name is Lee Guest. That's not just like we're adding in the guest part as some sort <laughs> of secret pseudonym and not giving you his real name. His last name is Guest, and he is our guest. Be our
0: guest,
2: guest guest.
0: Okay, <laughs> Katie, realism, um, please. So, with talking about gambling, let's go into our top five. Um, It is our top five movies about gambling and betting. So, I'll start off with mine. Um, I'll admit, I feel like I've seen a lot of movies that have gambling and betting in it, but realized when we were going through this list that I haven't seen a lot of the big notorious movies that are main focused on gambling and betting. So, my top five would be, number one... 21. This is the MIT kids where they are actually counting cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kevin Spacey's in it. And yeah.
2: That kid from across the universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. That kid.
0: Mm. Yep. So number two would be Maverick. Um, I don't know why, but I was oddly obsessed with this movie when I was younger. Uh, Jodie Foster. I guess because it's the whole like old kind of Western type thing and they're on the riverboat and it's just, it's a scandal. We I don't get, I
1: mean, we don't get. Uh, we don't get a lot of westerns nowadays. We get one every few years, and it was a it was a glitzy, glam kind of polished western type movie with funny in it. So, well, of you
0: course, know. yeah. <laughs> okay, and then of course the list has to have a casino, and I'm talking about the '95 Scorsese with Sharon Stone in it. Um, great movie, very much. When you talk about gambling you talk about casino
1: yeah it was the real it was the real mobster vegas i mm-hmm. mean you know that's 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 what it focuses in, in on is that the, those years when vegas was was vegas like mobster Vegas. vegas.
0: <laughs> uh, okay number four would be oceans 11 i love all the oceans movies but this one is you know the house always wins george clooney brad pitt all those guys, they are trying to take over the casinos, and it's just a great movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah. And then my last one on the list would be kind of a funny one, um, Vegas Vacation. Yes, Clark Griswold, he's not doing Christmas anymore. He is in Vegas cutting loose, and it goes about as well as you know Christmas goes. There's lots of... Bumps in the road, and it's it's an interesting, fun story. And uh, Cousin Eddie shows up at the buffet in the casino, so, you know.
2: It's been a while since I've seen it. Was <laughs> Didn't the old man, like, drop his... Was it a lottery card at oh, the yeah, end? Oh, yeah, I'm to talk about and, that yeah, in and, a little bit. Okay, in the yeah. vacuum. Okay, uh-huh. okay, okay. Oh,
0: yeah, because his luck changed a little bit that mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Okay, Court, what are your five?
1: Okay, well, I'll start with a, a twofer. So my 5-4 combo is... The Hustler and the Color of Money. Of course, The Hustler was a Paul Newman. Okay, sorry. Uh, the Hustler was a movie that starred Paul Newman, where he was a he was a pool hall hustler, and the um, Color of Money was a. It was technically a sequel. I mean, it was uh, years and years later after The Hustler, but it was it was still technically a sequel. The same the same guy that Paul Newman played in the first film plays a, a guy that now basically runs liquor. Uh, and he takes on a protege, uh, played by Tom Cruise. And they go around and, you know, hustle some. And then, <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 fun. I like them both. I'm partial to The Color of Money because I saw it first, I think. And, I, you know, it wasn't until much later that I saw uh, The Hustler. Um, so, number three would be Casino Royale. Uh, and Casino Royale is... I mean, you know, obviously the main the 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 the, there is the huge gambling scene between Bond and and his nemesis in Casino Royale that that is just pure unadulterated fun. If you if you like watching that kind of thing, I mean, what he does in 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 that scene is is fantastic. And
0: was that one set in Monte Carlo?
2: Yeah, I think
1: I I, I think so. Plus,
2: it has one of my favorite Bond girls, Eva Green. Oh.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I basically isn't whenever you see gambling and bond, isn't it always Monte Carlo? It seems like he's always
0: Well, that's the gorgeous place. If you're yeah. gonna go to a casino and lose all your money, do it in Monte Carlo at least. Sure.
1: I mean I can't I can't imagine that he's going to well, he's certainly never gone to any of the American casinos. I don't know about no. any of the other like oxygen you know, tanks. You
2: mean he hasn't that. been to Tunica yet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then my number two is actually I don't know why I bring this movie up all the time, and nobody ever nobody ever wants to chime in and say they love it too. But I really love Bugsy. Um, Bugsy was a Warren Beatty film, and he he played Warren Beatty played Bugsy Siegel, who was this guy who had this brilliant idea that he was going to basically start a gambling mecca out in the middle of the desert, and he got his boss to to give him some money so he could go out there and start a casino. And it really doesn't focus a whole lot on the gambling. Uh, elements of 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 Vegas so so much so as it does Bugsy Siegel's like drive and and attempt crazy sort of almost almost tilting at windmills kind of crazy pursuit of this dream of getting a uh, casino started in the middle of the desert. Um, but of course, he obviously succeeded if you look at Vegas today. Yeah. And then finally, my f- my favorite gambling movie is actually. I don't know. You know, people that really gamble a lot may hate it. I don't know. I don't know if the card play is realistic. I don't know if if the stuff that that the main character does, in terms of reading people, is magic or if people can really do that. But it's it's a movie called Rounders. Matt Damon plays a, a guy who's kind of a savant uh, poker player, it's specifically Texas Hold'em, and um, he he's just he's. I don't know it's just brilliant when he he'll walk into a room where some people who are not pro poker players are playing poker and read them all and tell them all what cards they have and then you the, the scenes between him and John Malkovich playing against each other are some of the some of my favorite acting scenes ever so I, I don't know I love it it's one of my favorites but that's my that's my number one
0: ah okay Cam and Lee what are we forgetting
2: Seabiscuit no, I'm just kidding <laughs> I've never even seen Seabiscuit. I was trying to think
3: of a horse race movie. Sea Biscuit is a great movie though. I will give you that. Yeah. And a book. I, it's actually the last book I've I've read over the last thirty years. But <laughs> Rounders was on my list. Um so good good save there at the end. But there's two um there's one that is fairly new that really really kinda hits the I don't know how to explain it, the the booky end of it, you know, sport sports betting. Mm. And and that's uncut Jim with Adam Savage. Yes. I've heard about
1: this, yes, but I've not <laughs> seen it yet, but I need to watch it. I've heard some amazing things about
3: that movie. Now now there's some outlandish stuff in there that probably doesn't happen to the normal betting person, but that movie is pretty spot on for the very serious gambler that, you know, has the problem and all the steps he goes through to, you know, get to the next bet, basically. Ah. So it's, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty down to earth movie on the sports betting side of things.
1: Well, you said there were two. You
3: said uh, oh yeah. Well, the, uh, there's another one that's called, which I haven't actually seen it. I've seen trailers for it and I haven't really gone to see it, but it's a Ben Affleck movie, uh, Mississippi grind. Yeah. It's about a guy that's kind of down on his luck and he meets Ben Affleck and they hit the, the Mississippi river boat gambling places. And, uh, and have this big scheme and winning money and I don't know. It it had a good trailer, but I haven't seen it yet. But, so uh, James
2: Bond may not have been to
1: Tunica, but Ben Affleck may
2: have.
3: Ben Affleck,
0: yep. exactly. exactly. Have any of y'all
1: seen uh, Have any of y'all seen Molly's Game? Because I've heard good things about it, but I haven't no, seen it. No,
0: it's it's on my list to watch, but I haven't yeah, seen it yet. It's
1: it's like so many other movies. It's on my list, just so someday I'll get around to it.
0: Yep. So since we are right here with the Kentucky Derby, I do want to throw out there that. You already said it, Court, it the betting is the one of the most historic parts of this, that you have the races, and that's so important, but it all goes hand in hand. You have your mint juleps, you're betting, and you're watching the horses. That's just what you think of. Um, there is a record 165.5 million were wagered at the Kentucky Derby in 2019, and this actually was the year that, I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, David Pickler and I went to the Kentucky Derby. It was an awesome experience. I really knew nothing about horse betting at all. And so we went and I just played around a little bit and I picked the horses based on their names and what I liked about them. I think I ended up winning like 50 bucks, but (laughs) nothing to write home about. But the big thing that happened at that is if you were in the stands, you saw, again, the fastest two minutes, You sat there and watched it, and you thought that maximum security won. We all in the stands, it was raining, it was disgusting. You saw the horse, and you thought he won. So it was just like this flood of everyone throwing their tickets up in the air, and they fell down and all got soaked. And then it it was a good 15 minutes or so. I had people texting me saying, he didn't win, he didn't win. And it was because that's how long it took for the people in the stands to actually realize that that horse was disqualified. Mm -hmm. And um, County Horse won 65 to 1 odds versus maximum security that was at 9 to 2 odds. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge betting upset. I mean, probably, I'm sure it's in the history books because that was crazy. Mm -hmm. But it's, you saw their, you watch these people throw their tickets up and because they thought it was done. And it wasn't.
1: Interesting thing. I'll just I'll just throw this out there. We, you know, Katie, you and I both being basically Memphis bound, or you know, we've been here our whole lives. Horse racing is not big around here at all. Um, but it, horse racing, I think, whenever I have seen. Pop cultural references to someone who has a gambling problem. It almost always seems like it's someone up in the northeast that's got to go to the tracks because they <laughs> they've got to bet on the horses. Um, but you know, again, it's like I, we've got we've got the greyhounds across the river from us, but we well, we don't we, have any horses.
0: And it horses in Hot Springs.
2: Yeah, yeah so I saw I saw Lee the arena. is
1: Lee is close closer to it than we are. Say, I was going to
0: say I think Lee, you've probably been to the horse uh, the horse tracks in Hot Springs, Oakland. Yeah
3: Yeah. Yeah, been a few times, and I will say it will cause relationship problems. <laughs> just, we'll just throw that out there. Which all all of this will will uh, cause relationship problems. But uh, yeah, and it's real easy to you know go bet two bucks, have a good time, but you can get into some major major trouble with the with the ponies as well. Mm.
0: Oh yeah, um, that's what we do have. Someone who's kind of a you know the exception to the rule. We know someone very well who a few years back went to the Derby, placed twenty-five dollar bet on a horse because he liked the name Charismatic, and ended up winning ten thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> twenty-five dollars
0: turned, turned into ten thousand dollars. That's all a... because of a name.
2: Cause... Do I know this person? Yes, you do. Oh
1: yeah, spill yeah. the tea, Katie.
0: <laughs> so. It's exception to the rule, so this is not a norm.
1: <laughs> but charismatic, uh, he's an, he's an interesting horse. Um, I remember watching the, the race. Uh, I remember watching all three of those races uh, because the one thing I do watch is the one time I do actually pay attention to horse racing is is during the Triple Crown. And so I watched um, I watched the Derby and he won at the Derby, and then I watched Preakness and he won at Preakness, and then I watched uh, Belmont Stakes and he was winning. And then at the very end, I mean, I thought he's going to win. He's going to, he's got the triple crown. It was his. And at the very end, he pulled up lame. And um, I cannot believe, I just cannot believe that to this day, you know, so frequently we lose these, these giant, gorgeous animals because they break their leg. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about, will he survive? Will he survive? And all they, you know, they're talking about him surviving a broken leg. And um he is actually a he is a, a feel good story because basically he did survive, but he could never race again. So he spent the re- he was only three years old when he broke his leg. He spent the rest of his life as a stud. He he basically spent the next like fourteen years as a stud, and that was, you know, and that, that was all he had to do was walk around the field and chew some grass and be a stud.
2: <laughs> Court, what does being a stud mean?
1: I mean, I'm just like I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh
0: my lanta lord. Okay. So, Lee kind of already mentioned this that it can lead to relationship issues. So, let's let's boil it down. Let's talk about what gambling is. Gambling is all around us. Like I I started researching for this episode and was like, okay, Leo in Titanic, he was playing a poker game. That's how he got his ride onto the Titanic. Now, did he make a safe bet with that? Because, yeah, he got on the boat. He met Kate Winslet. But then there was no room on the door for him. So, uh, did, did he win in the end? I don't know. I haven't seen
3: this movie yet, so please don't ruin it for
0: me. Okay.
2: We bring up that scene in Titanic a lot on this (laughs) podcast.
0: So, gambling, also called betting, is the wagering of money or something of value, the stakes, or on an event with uncertain outcome with the primary intent of winning money or material goods. Gambling requires three elements to be present. Consideration, which would be the amount wagered. Risk, your chance. And a prize. So you know, okay, you got three elements to it. Sounds you know, but most people sit there and think, oh, okay, I don't ever gamble. But a lot of us are around gambling more than we ever think.
1: Well, I mean, if you think about those three elements, um, let's just start with something as simple as bingo. Yeah. You know, that's that's gambling. It's often legal gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, another thing that a lot of places don't allow is um, starts with a C. What is it when you when you when you buy a ticket and you could win a prize? It's a thing. raffle. No, yes, it is a raffle. But
0: I don't know what starts with a C. That's
1: I could be completely wrong. It may not start with a C. We'll go with raffle anyway. When you buy a <laughs> raffle ticket and then you you potentially win like a DVD player or something. Yeah. A lot of places don't don't allow
0: raffles. Yeah, you have as, to have special licensing yeah. for events and stuff like that to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So legal gambling. It has been around for a long time um you know the legal gambling market totaling an estimate of 335 billion in 2009 um i know there's oh, you're going okay that's 2009 that's i'm telling you from a reference that's what it was in 09 335 billion it's definitely in the trillions by now
1: it's certainly higher than that
0: <laughs> much now. higher I mean, um
1: uh, Just considering, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah,
0: the outcome from gambling games may be determined by chance alone, such as rolling a dice, a ball. But a lot of it goes into the physical skill, the training, the athletics, the combination of strategy and chance. I mean, you look at all these pop culture movies, you look at a day-to-day, you may use in a phrase like, oh, I bet you this, you may not be actually exchanging money for it, but a lot of people probably in a week's time have made a bet in some way you know you may bet with your children you may i don't i mean whatever it is i know uh lee and i actually uh several years back got roped into doing a thing called diet bet (laughs) it was an app that someone would host and they invite you to it and you uh, bet on yourself essentially that you were going to lose this weight and you had to chime like check-in or something like that and there was like a pot chime in lee help me out with this
3: <laughs> yeah i mean but it, it, i forgot how much you put in you put in a certain amount and the the people that hit that goal that that they put out there for you to hit gets a percentage of their of the pot
0: yeah and
3: some some fails some, i mean when when money's involved and there's a bet for me to lose weight that's the only way i can lose weight
2: amen and, brother
3: and, and I did it, and I hit the goal, and I won like three dollars <laughs> over my initial entry fee. We won't call it a bet; we'll call it an entry fee. And it's still sitting in there. I haven't cashed it out or gone back through to do anything. So they probably took my twenty-seven dollars and, and have gone to the gone to the dog track. I don't but know. But hey, you lost some weight. <laughs> yes. That's well, it came back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it found him. So I mean you think about life insurance as a form of gambling. a bet that one will die within a certain period of time. Well,
1: it's a it's a form of gambling for, you know, the person who's paying for the life insurance. You know, you're basically giving the life insurance company some money and saying, like, you know, here you go. I bet, you know. For the life insurance company, it's very much mathematical. Yeah. For them, they're like, you know, oh, you're this old, we're gonna charge you this much because we're gonna bet that Mm -hmm. you you know, mathematically you know the majority of the people live this long when they're your age and your health, and so they've got it figured out to where ultimately they they they're not losing money. They yeah. they're not betting against you. You know.
0: I mean, every time I run out of gas, I'm I'm gambling. Trying to say, okay, you know. Because I didn't go and get the gas, like I may now be stuck with uh, having to call a tow truck to come get me, or having to go walk to the gas station and buy a gas can I and swear buy the gas.
1: To God, Katie, for your birthday, I'm gonna buy you a gas canister <laughs> for you to keep in the back of your truck.
0: What we're saying is, you can gamble and bet. At any time, at any place, you can really bet on about anything. Vegas Vacation really taught that when he walks into that casino at the end and there's just like, pick a number, and just ridiculous games out there. But what we want to talk about, gambling can lead to some major financial issues, some relationship issues, if you choose to overindulge.
1: Luck be a lady tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, uh, Lee, do you know anything about people who have overindulged with
3: gambling? No, I do not know anyone that has mm-hmm. overindulged in gambling. Um, <laughs> we'll just call him a, a friend of mine.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, but, yes, uh, everything you said is true. You will go into the casino. You know, you can go in and go out and be okay if you stay away from the ATM and credit cards and all that stuff. That's where a lot of people get in trouble. But the most people that I've known that have gotten into real financial trouble is more of the illegal gambling, Um, you know, bookies and that such a thing, Um, Mm -hmm. because because you don't have to put money up front in that situation. So, So, you know, you get into more trouble with with the illegal side more than you do with the casino gambling, betting at the sports book at the casino where you have to put your money up front. So you walk into yes, a
1: casino and walk up to the bookmaker at the casino and say, I'd like to place a million dollar bet on the, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. The, the casino is going to say, okay, let me see the million dollars.
3: Exactly. You have to pay it up front unless you're, you know, uh, you know, Tom Cruise or something who has a million, <laughs> million
0: dollars. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a preferred client. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, so speaking of casinos and stuff, um, you know, they, they they've, been around since the 17th century. It was the 20th century that they became commonplace, and really, it was it was established character of a place if they were allowed to have one. You know, Vegas having it, New Jersey, um, Tunica, and New Orleans all had to be like by water, and all of this. Uh, and it wasn't until the 21st century that we started seeing gambling really on our TVs and on our internet with the poker tournaments and the online betting and gambling and that it was so easy you didn't have to go to Vegas you didn't have to go to these different places it was sitting in the comfort of your living room yeah so uh actually the story that got brought up was about Bugsy I, you know mentioned about him that he really mm-hmm. helped out with a lot of Vegas booming for
1: well sure. I mean okay so um I don't know. The, I don't know the exact dates of of Bugsy, like when it took place in the timeline. But basically, um, you know, organized crime was was making a bunch of money off of bootleg liquor, and then bootleg liquor was no longer bootleg liquor because it was legalized <laughs> yeah. again. Prohibition um, was done. Yeah. So so they had to find a new source of income, and so their their new source of income really until until. I guess like, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s when when drugs really got big on the scene. Um up until up until illicit drugs were a real big thing and a real big profit s- spot. The, the way that they made their money was gambling. They that's that's how organized crime started started raking in their bucks.
0: Yeah, they they found a gold mine for sure. So, when you think of casino, the house always wins. When you walk in, you're walking into the world's largest mathematics lab. It is a big game of probability, which is, you know, the maybe 21 with those MIT people. That's why you hear about these card counters. They're usually incredibly intelligent people that are playing the math game. You
1: know, I have a a, a group of friends that that get together and, and play. <laughs> they they get together and play poker. And um, I was talking to one of them about who was the best player among the group, and. You know, again, I'm thinking to this this idea that I have in my head of of Matt Damon being able to sit down at a table and read people. And I'm sure that that has a lot to do with your success when you're gambling, when you're playing cards specifically is what I'm talking about now. Uh, and he said, yeah, absolutely. Being able to read person, being able to keep from showing what hand you're holding is, is very important to it. But... Knowing the odds, Mm -hmm. knowing the probability, knowing what your chances are of drawing certain cards and having a certain winning hand.
0: Understanding the risk versus reward. And
1: that's the guy that he said was the best player at the table was the guy that knew what the probability was. He knew the chances of, okay, I've got this card and this card in my hand. What are the chances that I'm actually going to turn this into a straight or a flush or a straight flush or whatever?
0: Well, and that seems to be a common thing of guys having like poker night and it's, you know, are you playing for just the fake chips and you're having for fun? I think, uh, so, you know, Lee, Lee is my cousin and we always do a family reunion and my mom tells a story. I don't think I was involved with it, but that Lee and my brother and Stuart were all playing poker and granny was so upset, but weren't y'all using like chocolate chip cookies for your betting or something like that
3: or matches or something like that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so they were were playing the the nice way. They weren't actually losing money on it. Okay, Cam and Lee in court. What are the two things you will never find in a casino? A clock. Uh Uh-huh.
3: And I can't remember the other. A window. No windows.
0: (laughs) They do not want you to know what time it is or if it's night. Like, they don't want you to be able to see outside. They pump oxygen in there. They have it bright. Um... David Pickler tells a story about how he was in Vegas with my brother. And I I don't know how old. He was probably... I think he said he was 12. 12, yeah. Yeah. He was 12. And, um, of course, children under... People under 18 can't be in the casino side of it. Oh,
1: 21. Or 21, yeah, Yeah, 21.
0: And so they had this great arcade in the casino. And so I think it was something that... My dad and brother were about to walk to the casino, and someone stopped and said, "Oh, he can't come in." And he's like, "Oh, okay, well, never mind." And so they saw, "Oh, we're about to lose this guy to be able to play." So they ended up. The security guard gave my brother a bunch of like tokens or something to go to the arcade. <laughs> so I said, "Oh, he'll be fine. Go over there." And my brother said, "You know, he went through. And of course, he's." He's a big gamer and kind of a nerd. And so he went through and was like, do, 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 like rattling through all those coins, playing all the games, started to walk out to go find my dad. And one of the security guards is like, here, and handed him a bunch more because they knew like, do not go bother your father. He's going and spending money right now. (laughs) So they are very intelligent with what they're doing. And it is the art of manipulation of not letting you know what time it is by having it bright. Um... I will admit I've only been to Vegas once and I was very disappointed because I had in my mind a casino like Monte Carlo mm-hmm. and I have been to Monte Carlo casino now, so I've seen it. It's stunning, but I expected Vegas and Tunica to be like Monte Carlo and just everyone was dressed to the nines and it was just this beautiful place to be. And instead it's just smoky and people in track suits and oxygen tanks.
3: So flip-flops and tank tops are not dressed to the nines?
0: No.
2: <laughs> basically, if you turned Walmart into a casino.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, well,
3: that's... Well, I'll mean. i never go to Monte Carlo then.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, basically people, people, Americans, most Americans that are going to casinos, they're going for as much, uh, the majority of the people are going for a night of entertainment. They're not going because they're hardcore gamblers. They're going for a night of entertainment. So the they want the buffet. slot machines. They want the <laughs> buffet. They want the you know whatever. Maybe they're going to see a show down there or whatever. Um, I, one of my favorite New Year's Eves that I've ever celebrated. I actually celebrated at a casino, and I didn't do a I didn't do a a, a, a bit of gambling. I was just at a at a bar watching a band play all night. But it was it was absolutely fun. Uh, And then you know, on top of that, you're able to just walk back to your hotel room, and so yeah,
0: I'm not knocking it. I mean, no, but
1: I'm just saying, you know, they're going for the full experience, or going for that full entertainment, and so you know, they're looking for some freebies, and they're looking to be comfortable and sort of just because if you're (laughs)
0: sitting at the slot machine, then you can order a drink, and if you're playing at the tables, they may offer you like buffet coupons, or if you're really good, they may offer you a hotel stay, or there's different perks that go with it, and. When you go to each of the different hotels, you can get this card that makes you a member and you get perks from it. And so they're, they're top level of customer service trying to take care of you. Absolutely. But you said something, Corey. You said entertainment. Yeah. So when you walk into a casino, you kind of, unless, well, no, anybody really needs to do this, honestly. Mm-hmm. You need to look at it as a night of entertainment. If you decide you are going to gamble, then, you know, say that you were going to go to a concert you know by the time you've bought the tickets, you've bought the expensive food, you pay for parking, you know, maybe maybe your wife's like me and you gotta buy her new outfit and like whatever it may be. So you've spent say $500. Okay, so that's $500 you're spending on entertainment. So if you walk into the casino and you say, for tonight's entertainment of the casino, I wanna spend $500. Now whether that $500 lasts you two minutes or five hours, who knows?
1: That's your budget. You got to stick to it.
0: You got to stick to it because that's what I think happens. Is I know I've gone to the casino and I've said I'm only going to spend a hundred dollars, and I'll go and blow it on a slot machine. And then I've got friends that are actually playing the tables, mm-hmm. and I've blown it in five minutes. And they still want to stay, and I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, if you're good at something like blackjack or poker or, or something like that that you can play and actually sustain your your sustain yourself for a while, then then you can you can stay for a long time, but you know slot machines can eat your, eat your money fast. Uh, pe- people, a lot of people will stay at the craps table all night, and the casino loves the craps table because man, people get loud at the craps table, and the, casin- the casinos <laughs> love anything anything that makes sa- happy, excited noises. That's okay. why all those slot machines ding ding ding, 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 and they love it when people are at the craps table cheering on somebody who's on a hot streak. Um, you know, doing stuff like that—if you know how to bet and place your bets—you can you can make it last a little while. I personally was always very intimidated by um, by craps, but very early on in my casino going life, uh, like the, the the you know, whenever I turned twenty one and went to a casino for the first time, the first quote unquote table game that I found that I actually understood and could play was roulette. Ah. And I won. I won big at the roulette table. I put a, a $5 chip on a black 35 and you know and it was just on on that 35 and, and it, it and it the it hit on 35 and so that's a that's a huge payoff. That's 35 to 1 odds on a $5 bet. And after that, I just couldn't I can't not place a bet at a roulette table. Because in my mind, there's you. always that chance that I might just hit it again that one time. Like I, did. I mean, this was very, very, like I had been in the casino maybe ten minutes when I placed this bet, and it just it's it's locked into my head now. Must go play roulette. Will win much money. You know, it, <laughs> it, it's it just sort of consumes you. Yeah, um, I actually got in trouble on my honeymoon because we were on a cruise ship. And on the cruise ship, oh, they would let you charge casinas. your chips to the room.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And I I'd, and I'd charged like 50 bucks to the room for chips so that I could go play roulette and lost it. And then went back and charged $50 more so that I could go play some more and lost that too. And $100 to me and my brand new wife at that time was just all the money in the world. Yeah. so that's
0: where the relationship issues came up. Yeah. So it can be be tough.
1: I I do stay away from roulette now and and also cruise ships with casinos.
0: (laughs) Uh, And like gambling issues can happen to good people and it creeps up on you. Um, We actually had a client that we had to help. Um, He he got in deep with the casino and, and he had a credit built up and they would actually send cars to come pick him up. And we had to get a legal document drafted that he signed that was sent to the casinos of like cease communication. Like this, you know, relationship needs to be done. Mm. And it was because it was starting to eat into his livelihood. And, and that's where it's an issue. If you look at this as entertainment and you know how much you can afford to spend, but the second, like Lee said, the second you start going to the ATM, that's, that's when you're starting to get into things. Um, you know, Clark in Vegas Vacation, he gambled away the family savings of over $22,000, um, all because he was engrossed with Vegas and loved it. And just that glitter and glam, he just kept doing it. You, as Cam said, he used his last $2 on the uh, game of Kino. He didn't win, but the guy next to him won, and then he died and Clark was like, oh, I'm not going to take the ticket. And then right before he was about to get uh, run over by the vacuum cleaner, he got it. And so, yes, it ended happy, but did Clark really learn his lesson?
1: No,
3: but Clark <laughs> never learns his
0: lesson. No. <laughs> okay, before we move on to sports betting, Lee, anything else about casinos?
3: Well, I will. Uh, Court brought up a good point, you know, where he charged $50 to the room and then charged another 50 that's the one thing that gets people in so much trouble. We're like, okay, I'm going with a hundred dollars well, where they lose that so fast. Well, I got to win that money back. Mm-hmm. So they go and get, get another hundred dollars. They lose that. Well, I've got to get that $200 back now. And that's where a lot of people get in trouble with their, with their finances and, you know, back to, to Clark Griswold. There's a line that I'm not going to quote, but that's what I started doing is going to the casino, give them 50 bucks and just tell them to punch me in the stomach. just get it over <laughs> with.
0: That's so true. Mm. Okay, sports betting. Um, So, this has been going on for a very long time, just as with casinos. Like, I, I feel like every boxing movie, like the old nitty gritty boxing movies you see, people are betting, and it's on dogs, on boxing, baseball, horses hockey whatever it may be
1: yeah i mean is as, as long as there have been sports there have probably been people betting on sports right right back to when when knights were jousting against each other there were probably people betting placing bets on the on the knights yeah so it's always been a thing
0: i didn't realize that sports betting is only legal in 25 states right now i didn't know that
1: uh, yeah and as a matter of fact that's that increase has been r- relatively recent i mean a lot of states have just recently authorized it, and it's all through online betting. That's that's where it all comes from.
2: Yeah, let me tell you, uh, FanDuel came to Tennessee a few months ago, and I, I got an account, and they were having a, a deal, I guess, for new bettors. Mm-hmm. So I bet $5 on the Titans game, and they won, and I got $130. Woo! And you know what I did as soon as I withdrew that money? I deleted the app. <laughs> because I was hooked. I wanted to bet on everything. And my <laughs> wife is like, delete it. <laughs> Lee, have you used any apps like DraftKings or FanDuel?
3: Uh, yeah, I have used uh DraftKings was I think it was the first one that came out, so I got on on that and which I think is that more the fantasy sports. Yeah, thing? Or, that's yeah, how they, they started. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 yeah.
1: definitely how they started.
3: And that's how that's what I played was, you know, the kind of the you play another person and you put up 5 10 bucks and you draft your team with so many you know, they, they have a value, so you draft your team, and then whoever wins wins the thing. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, yeah, I've done sports betting online, and, you know, um, I, have, I haven't done it in a casino yet, but it just recently came to Mississippi. So mm. it's, and I don't think Arkansas has it yet, but I'm not 100% sure. But, but yeah, m- m- most of the sports betting that I've done have been with, I mean, this is years ago. Uh, so hopefully I won't get in trouble for this, but you know, we, <laughs>
0: it was years you know, ago, we know. Okay. <laughs> it was
3: years, years and years and years ago. Um, you know, just local people were bookies and that's who we would, you know, place bets with and, and, and you can get in trouble real quick with that.
0: Oh, well, and, and the principle that you're sitting there thinking you are betting on people and you know, court, you were talking about the horse that just unfortunately broke his leg and. Mm-hmm that's just the end of it and so we're we're hoping that these athletes are their heads in the game and that they want to win this game and they didn't just have a bad day or you know we're hoping they're okay and so it, it it's crazy but I can see how I mean cam I don't know if I'd have the same willpower as you if I'd turned five dollars into a hundred and thirty five uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I could stop that that that's that's really nice I
1: mean consider consider just recently the fact that um our our NC two A tournament ended, uh, basketball tournament ended, and Gonzaga or Gorgonzola, as I like to call them, <laughs> um, was an undefeated team going into the national championship game. And I went to bed and didn't even think about checking the score because I just figured Baylor was in it for the first time in ever, I think. Yeah. And I just figured, you know, Gorgonzola's got this locked up. Wake up the next morning and they their cheese on a salad. They lost. <laughs> they got killed. I mean, they get they got shredded. They are shredded gorgonzola on a salad. That's how bad they got beat by Baylor. So, oh, wow. you know, and some I, the first thing I thought to myself was, "Wow, I guess they had a bad night." But thank goodness I didn't bet on them. Oh gosh.
0: Well, so uh, when you talk about sports betting, you can't not talk about uh, the nineteen nineteen World Series. So. The Cardinal of Baseball, Thou Shall Not Gamble on Baseball. And we have this epic story of, it's. they actually did a movie, Eight Men Out. Um, It was the Black Sox scandal. Members of the Chicago White Sox, which included legend Shoeless Joe Jackson, threw the World Series to gamblers. Um, It's just, yeah, that is a story that a lot of people talk about. Uh, Lee, I know you're a baseball fan, so anything about the Eight Men Out?
3: Shoeless Joe is innocent. <laughs> <laughs> he he took the money, but he had you. You can't prove that he threw that game like some of the others did. But um, but yeah, I mean, but that goes through all the sports that you people are paid to shave points, or, or you know, to put a guy out, or even referees were paid to call fouls, or you know, get people to the line, score more points, and so. That that goes on in every every sport.
0: Yeah. I, I was sitting there thinking about a the I don't know if you guys have seen it, your your wives have probably seen it, but the Bridgerton show that was on Netflix, um, there was a whole episode on that where the guy's a boxer and he got, you know, coerced to throw the game or throw the match. Um, and so it's just it's all for money. And so this has been going on forever. It's it's sports betting is in lots of our movies and our T V shows and it's in real life. Uh, so Pete Rose that's another one mm-hmm. when you talk about gambling.
1: I don't know my thing with Pete Rose is this uh, if i if I have the story correct um because I apologize to 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 uh, Lee and to David who I know is listening and will certainly have his head explode as soon as I say this but I'm not a giant baseball fan so I you know I don't follow it as closely as I do football or, or you know anything like that boxing whatever. Um, but as I understand the story, Pete Rose basically uh, after his, his baseball career as, as a player was over, he was managing a team and he was managing the Reds. And he placed a bet, which is granted against the rules. It's against; it was against all of the the Major League Baseball rules. You're not supposed to bet. You're not supposed to place bets uh, mm-hmm. on the. But he did. He placed a bet. He the entire idea behind this, in my mind, in terms of these rules against betting on your sport, is you don't want to. Bet against yourself and then throw the game. So, you know, there's this logic. You keep people from betting because if they can bet, they can bet against themselves. And then the outcome is in their control. So you want to prevent that. So you just say no betting at all. Mm -hmm. Well, in the case of Pete Rose, he did bet. So he broke the rules. That's bad. He's a bad boy. But he bet on himself, basically. If I understand what he was doing, he was betting for the Reds to win games, so he he was betting. He was basically saying like, "Yes, I'm I'm betting, but I'm betting on myself." And to me, that's like, "Yeah, you're breaking the rules, but you you're not, you're not you're not in that case. The sport is not in danger of the person who placed the bet fixing a game because there's no way you can fix it to win. You either win or you know you're out some money. I don't know. That's just my two cents."
3: Please. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, he he bet on his team to win. He had that much confidence in his team that he bet. Yes, it's against the rules, and he's banned for life. But I feel like he should still be in the Hall of Fame just for his actions on the field and not really off the field. But he was told to stop. He didn't do it, so therefore that's why he got in as much trouble as he did. But he was betting on other teams. He did have, you know, he probably did have inside information. But you know he did always bet on the Reds. So you know it's like like you said. I mean, it's a different story if he's betting against his team and could throw the game. You can't you can't make yourself win. You can only hope to win.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, well you heard it here. Bullcast says Shoeless Joe Jackson is innocent and Pete Rose is innocent. That's <laughs> that's what I heard.
3: Put, put him in the hall.
0: Put him in, okay. Well, so David Pickler was telling us these two people that I didn't realize were big gamblers, Phil Mickelson and Michael Jordan.
1: No, I, I did not know that Phil Mickelson was a big gambler. Um, I
2: didn't either, but I knew Michael Jordan from, oh yeah. from the documentary.
0: Yeah. And Lee, I think you said you had a story about gambling and Michael Jordan.
3: Yeah. I mean, Michael Jordan is notorious for gambling. Uh Playing golf, and I mean, he's been to the to the Tunica casinos before. Um, you know, back in his basketball days, you know, when they were in town, he he was known to go down there. Uh, but I can't, I don't know if it's legal for me to tell you how this came about. But you know, it's, this is great coming from a mayor talking about you know, legal, legal or illegal. But with my with my other job, um, that pays the bills, I had a person on my little route that that I carry the mail and he got a package in one day and he had to sign for it so I had to take it to the door and he's like hey do you want to see what's in there and I'm like no sir I'm not allowed to know You know, it's, it's, I'm brand new to this I'm young I'm you know 20 years old no sir I can't ask you these questions because that's against the rules and he's like no take a look at this and he pulls out one of Michael Jordan's championship rings that he lost in a golf game to a guy Oh, and so this guy was selling his ring, you know, selling the ring for the guy, you know, for like $20,000 or something. But, but I physically held Michael Jordan's ring, that he bet on himself in a golf match and lost to a guy. Mm, that's incredible.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so even the elites like Michael Jordan are, you know, tempted by gambling. <laughs> Goodness. Okay, well, so we are a financial podcast, so we've got to address gambling versus investing because yeah. that is something that... A lot
1: of people do say, you know, you, you probably have heard uh, investing is in the stock market is just like gambling or something like that.
0: Yeah, and it's true. Both involve risk and choice, specifically the risk of capital with hopes of future profit. But gambling is typically short-lived um, while investing you know, equities, they can last a lifetime.
1: There is, I mean... There is a risk when you invest, but, you know, we're all about mitigating that risk.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you're gambling, you have fewer ways to mitigate the loss um, than an investor does. An investor has more sources, more information than a gambler does. Mm -hmm. Over time, the odds will be much more in your favor as an investor than it is would be as a gambler. And honestly, a lot of times you... Typically you should when you're investing, you should have someone who You're seeking is someone's out,
1: advice.
2: Yes,
0: is out for the best interest of you. Well
2: absolutely out Fiduciary. for the best. Fiduciary.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah. but a, We love that word. A, a bookie, a gamb, a person who's trying to get you to gamble is it's gonna be like that friend of like, Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, come on, come on, do it. Like they're said, not gonna tell you, hey, don't pull more money out of your ATM. They're not gonna tell you the good advice.
1: They're not out the the the, the people that are taking your bets uh, in, in gambling, whether it's a, a bookie that's that's just running a private book, I won't uh, say illegal, but a private book, <laughs> or a bookkeeper at a, at, a, at a casino or one of those apps or whatever, they are not taking your bets because they have any intention of ever losing money. Yeah. The house always wins. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if you place a sports bet, uh, again, they give you odds. Yeah. They're like, okay, you bet a dollar, and if you if you or you you bet five dollars, and if you win, I'll give you a dollar. That's you know, that's
0: it's back to that diet bet thing that Lee did. Yeah. The more like my friend that was running it, the more people that signed up, the better the pot got. So mm-hmm. of course these gamblers are wanting to get more and more people because that's how every bet is. The odds get better. The more you you see it when you go to a Cowboys game, and they're like, oh, our hot has gotten to this like be sure to buy your ticket for a chance to win this large amount mm. and so you sit there and go oh I could possibly win $25,000 but they keep enticing more and more people to do it so the number grows but that's lessening your chances even more every mm. time
1: and so the odds are not ever in your favor
0: <laughs> this is not yep yep hunger games <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story with all of this, gambling should be done in moderation and you should understand the money you're playing with. Don't go and play with your college savings account for your kid. Don't get the savings money out. Don't hide it from your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) if you've set a budget that you've said, Oh, you've got, you know, X amount of dollars each month. that's entertainment. Then just know like part of that's going to be your entertainment money. Um, The reality is, and we didn't wanna get into this episode, if there is somebody that's having gambling problems, you do need to seek advice and get help from someone. And, you know, that's something, you look at the financial burden of it. If there is someone in your family that is having gambling issues, then you need to make sure you're protecting yourself in case those creepy little creditors come after you or those uh, illegal bookies (laughs) start coming, showing up your door, wanting your money, because that could happen.
1: Well, you know, I think uh, asset separation in the illegal world of of, of debt. <laughs> well, that that may
0: not. Yeah. They
1: may not so much care whether your assets <laughs> in the legal are, legally, world. <laughs> are legally separated. But in the legal world, yes, if you ha- if you are, if you are tied in, if you're wrapped up with someone who has serious issues because of uh, gambling debt, then you need to seriously consider if if you need to unravel your financial circumstances so that they can't lose everything that you've got. But
0: And it's, you know, gambling happens and it creeps up really easily on you because like the last couple episodes we talked about with my spending problem of, you know, you before you know it, you've racked it up and those, you know, oh, $50 more, $50 more, it starts adding up. And before you blink, you've realized, oh, I've just spent $500 on sports betting. But you think, oh, but I've won... Two hundred dollars, so I'm doing good. But you need to look at, you know, gains and losses, mm. and really figure out what money has actually been spent. But okay, are we ready to bullseye this up?
1: We're gonna we're gonna do a special special edition bullseye. We're gonna let we're gonna let uh, we're gonna let Lee have a bullseye as well. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's let's wrap this up. We'll get, we'll give three bullseyes. What 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 are our three takeaways for this week? Okay, so my bullseye this week is um, basically, you know, there are a lot of fun ways that you can gamble, and there are a lot of fun ways that you can have fun with gambling, you know? But
0: <laughs> Sounds like a book title. There
1: is a You're not gambling to try and make money. You're not trying to make your fortune through gambling, unless you're playing poker on the World Series of Poker and you're really that good. Most people are not going to a casino because they're hoping to walk away with a lot of money. You don't you don't go to the casino because you're hoping that you're going to be able to 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 make that next house payment. That's that's not why you gamble. You gamble for entertainment. You invest, and granted, you're exposing yourself to some risk of losing money, but if you talk to the right people and you invest properly, you're not exposing yourself to the type of risk of loss that you expose yourself to when you go to a casino. Because basically, you need to go to a casino with the mindset that You have $500 that you don't mind spending tonight. You don't mind basically walking into the casino, losing every single dime of it, and walking back out. But our goal as financial advisors, if you bring us $500, is not for you to walk away with $0 at the end of the day. We can't make any guarantees. And I I know I always say that. We can't make any guarantees. But our goal is to actually grow that money and to mitigate your risk and to take that $500 and turn it into something more. There is risk involved with investing, but it's not like gambling if you're talking to the right people. Bullseye.
0: Can I just say ditto? I mean, wow, that that took everything. But no, okay, I will echo off of court. Um, Yes, it is one of those that if you enjoy gambling or betting, Build it into your budget. Make it part of your entertainment budget and just make sure you know what set amount you're going to spend, where that money's coming from, and that it fits into your budget. If you're struggling to make ends meet, do cut this. This is the first thing to cut because it really is throwing away your money. But it's also a way to look at it as if you were going to go to a concert or something like that and spend the same amount of money then you know that this money could be spent on just a different form of entertainment. So look at it that way. But as always, be smart and stay away from the ATMs when you get there. Bullseye. And Lee, you're up. What's your bullseye?
3: So is this an intervention or am I really a guest?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're a guest.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, what they said, basically. Don't go into it thinking that you're going to make the next house payment. You're going to win the next house payment. Don't think you're going to go get rich quick because the odds are stacked against you in every single form or fashion when it comes to gambling. Uh, the house will win. Yes, you may win a little bit here or there, but the house will always win, and they want you to come back and give them their money back that you've won. So, you know, budget just like going out to eat, going shopping, budget it, play it safe, go and have fun, and just, just use it as entertainment. Now, there is one, one you know, I, I don't gamble anymore, except for when it comes to the sports card world. <laughs> and that, that wasn't brought up, but that is a big deal now to where these cards, these sports cards are selling, the boxes are selling for outrageous amounts of money, and people are buying them in hopes of getting a, ten thousand five thousand dollar card out of it and the odds are stacked against you yeah you'll get lucky every now and then i've gotten lucky but that's that's my big handicap right now is i want to open these packs and i want to find the next big card uh so that's another dangerous slope you know another slippery slope to go down when it comes to gambling because it is just a gamble when it comes to sports cards i'm speaking from experience man budget don't take your credit cards, don't take your debit cards, take your cash that you want to play with at the casino, and once it's gone, you get, your, you get your honey, and you hit the card, and you go home.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, here is the closing bell.
0: We want to thank Lee for being on the show. Hope you'll come back, and maybe we'll have another episode and talk about plenty of stuff. But well, we, I
1: mean, you know, we, we, we said over and over again that when we did the Collectibles episode, we were going to have Lee on, but we I couldn't, know. we didn't We didn't find this nifty phone-in gadget until just a little just a little bit ago, and we had already done the Collectibles episode at that point. But, it, you know, Lee brought up the cards at the end, and I was like, man, bringing it back around to Collectibles
3: there at the <laughs> yes. end. Bingo! So
0: we'll have to do a part two, I guess.
3: <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's been a blast, and, uh, Thanks for, I mean, every episode that I listen to, it, it comes back to me and doing, you know, not smart things with my money. So, you know, keep up the good work with podcast.
1: (laughs) Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, now you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast podcast. If you liked what you heard and you haven't heard us before, you haven't already subscribed, then please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up so that our voices can be beamed directly into your ears once a week on Thursday, every Thursday. You can also leave us a message on our website. That website is bullcastpodcast.com. And if you'd like to see some pictures of us, there are some pictures on the website. You can also leave us a message, suggest a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss. Um, Speaking of pictures, we also have an Instagram handle. That Instagram handle is at bullcastpodcast. And we like to put the words on the Twitters. And the Twitter handle is at bullcastpodcast as well. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, if you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it approximately 47 times now we work at a place called pickler wealth advisors and if you would like to find out more about well me and katie and also more about our amazing team and our amazing boss david pickler you can check out our company at picklerwealthadvisors.com that is always advisors with an o not an e ladies and gentlemen i think i've given you quite enough to be going on with so for now i'm court i'm katie and we are Audi.